Well, hello, and thank you, Jungle Jim, for that wonderful musical introduction. Oh my gosh, such a talented fella sitting over there in the corner with that big, huge synthesizer, synthesizing away, creating that electronic music, magical fingertips. Oh my gosh, you're just a creative genius here. Hi, this is Tim Marr, and this is Failing Up, recording this podcast in the basement studios located on the shores of the mighty Seneca River leading out to the Great Lake Ontario. Oh, my beautiful Great Lakes. Of course, when you're on Lake Ontario, if you were to make a right as you flow into the lake off the Oswego River, you would head right up towards the Thousand Islands, the St. Lawrence Seaway, which you could take that St. Lawrence Seaway, go past the Thousand Islands, past Quebec City, right out into the Atlantic Ocean and right around the world, just like my voice. Oh, of course, if you make a left, you're going to find yourself hopping over to Buffalo. If you go a little left and a little north, you're going to go to that beautiful, wonderful city of Toronto. What a great city Toronto is. A hidden jewel here. So much to do, theater and sports and the famed Second City. Second City opened up in Toronto in 1971. An offshoot of the infamous Second City in Chicago, which opened up in 1959. The Second City, Toronto, right across that Great Lake of Ontario. That's right. If you ever get a chance, you got to get over there to Toronto or Buffalo or all these great, great cities up here in the Northeast on these great, great shores. Well, what a day. What a day it is here in uh, in the world and all this activity going on. And, of course, there's some really serious, uh, serious, serious situations in the Ukraine and the tragic horrors of war being committed by Putin. Putin over there. Just atrocities, and each day it gets worse and more horrendous. And and then, you know, you tune in on a Sunday night. Last night, I tuned in on a Sunday night to veg out. You know, if I'm going to veg out on anything, I'm going to veg out on golf. Golf is very therapeutic. If you ever, you know, lay on a couch on a Sunday afternoon, you're really kind of tired, put on some golf, and I'd be gone. I'm gone in five minutes. Zip a zippity doo dah. And I figured, you know, I'm going to put on the Academy Awards because the Academy Awards had the same effect on me. I turn on the Academy Awards, and next thing I know, I'm just kind of vegging through. It's nice, you know. I see, you see, you know, movie stars that you see in the movies, and you see the glitz and the glamour. And I always like to spend the night trying to stay awake by figuring out uh, what the time zone difference is between here and California. So that always keeps me uh, active. But the Academy Awards generally, uh, for me at least, are not really something that... Um, excite me. You know, they really don't uh, just excite me that much. Well, that sure all changed last night. That's right, because last night as I was cruising along, vegging out, watching the Academy Awards, uh, Chris Rock came up to present. And I love Chris Rock. I think Chris Rock is one of the funniest comedians. He's just a funny, gutsy, funny, sharp, honest, raw, smart comedian. He is, I never get sick of listening to his act. Chris Rock is one of the funniest, most talented comedians out there, ever out there. Put him in my top 10. Easy, easy in my top 10. And uh, so he comes out and as Chris Rock would do, he presents, you know, he presents, he's doing his shtick. He's walk, work in the room because Chris Rock is going to work the room and he's working the room and um, he gets over to Will Smith and his wife. Jada Pickett Smith, Jada Pickett Smith, and uh, he starts busting on him, and he busts on busts on them both, and um, you know uh, he um, 
you know, he, he goes into his he goes into his uh, bit and he and he he uh, comments on Jada Pickett Smith's um, appearance, you know, asking her, you know, saying she'll be ready for GI Jane two because she has a shaved head, um, and you know there there were some I don't I don't there's some laughs in the crowd and and uh, it was you know it was it was kind of a typical typical kind of Will Smith type of thing you would expect, not a Will Smith thing, uh, Chris Rock. And then he goes, he, he continues. The next thing you know, Will Smith is, everybody's, you've all seen this. Will Smith walking up on the stage. And Chris Rock is so cool. He's still staying calm and cool. Oh, you know, here comes, here comes King Richard. And he's laughing. And as he's laughing, he gets smacked right across the face by Will Smith, who then walks down and sits back down in a seat and starts screaming like a wild man up at the stage to uh, Chris Rock. And uh, Chris Rock, to his credit, stayed right in composure. And what a professional! First of all, he gets smacked across the face with his hands behind his back, and he doesn't even drop one. Two, as he continues to talk afterwards, not once did he rub his face. Three, during the ranting and raving when ABC, you know, uh, took it took it off the air for a minute, um, he had a, a dialogue. And four, he then went back to doing what he was supposed to do and presented the Oscar for Best Documentary. So uh, he really uh, composed himself. And, and everybody was in shock because you didn't know, was it real, was it fake, was, it, was that supposed to happen? And then Will Smith is sitting in there, there in the chair, and everybody, you know, and they leave, and the show goes on, and there's just this kind of weird feeling watching the show now because you're trying to think, you know, what the hell just happened? Well, here's what happened is Will Smith overreacted. Now, apparently his wife, his wife is suffering from a, a disease. I believe it's Opatia, 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 is that it? Uh, one of the side effects of the disease she has is hair loss. So it's a very sensitive issue. And, um, you know, Chris Rock cracked a joke that hit a nerve. And it's funny because if you see the shot, at first uh, Will Smith is laughing. And then you see this, you know, a look that could slice through him from uh, Jada Pickett Smith is like, you know, what the frick, buddy? And then he comes up, he marches on the stage, walks on the stage like he's in accepting an award and, and hits the guy, hits him right in the face. And, um, and sits back down. And it is just outlandish, outlandish, inexcusable that an individual would feel that they have the right to walk and smack somebody in the face in front of international audience, even if it's in private, but let alone in front of an international audience and an audience in a theater in the middle of that night. But he, but he just felt like he could do that. He could go up there and whack that guy in the face and, um, and sit back down. And everything's going to be okay. And then he wins his Academy Award. And he goes up and he speaks of love. He speaks of love. He speaks of protecting his family. God put me here to protect people. God put me on earth to protect people. That's right. God put me on earth so at the Academy Awards I can go up and slap the shit out of Chris Rock's face. That's how I'm protecting my family. I'm going up there. I'm going to sucker slap some dude in the face who pissed me off. That's me protecting my family. That's me. That's me not protecting my family. That's me making it all about me. That's me thinking that I'm going to be the big man. That's me thinking that, um, you know, I'm going to defend my, my wife. 
How pathetic. How pathetic to assume at this day and age that a woman needs a man to walk up on a stage to smack somebody across the face because she may not be strong enough. She may not be smart enough. She may not be articulate enough to defend herself in a proper way. How dare he take that away from an individual to be able to defend themselves because he and his pompous attitude felt the need to do that? How dare he breaks the fourth wall and attacks a comic on stage? That's like sacred ground. A comedian on stage, when you're performing a comedic scene on stage, it's a relationship with the audience. But the audience is well aware that if they're there, they're live bait. They are live. They're live bait, baby. And they're part of it. And part of that safety is no one's going to break the fourth wall. No one's going to go up there and attack a comedian during a performance. Because that is like sacred ground. You don't attack a comedian during a performance. Now, actors and comedians and improv actors, we can break the fourth wall and go into the audience, but that's our choice. But the audience does not break the fourth wall, that wall that separates the stage and the magic of the stage and the security and the safety of the stage with that of the audience. And to have a professional actor assume that he has the right to do that, to break that fourth wall unannounced and go up there and commit a violent act, because you want to put it any way you want. Okay, maybe Chris Rock's joke was a little inappropriate. I don't know, but maybe it was. Maybe it put some people off, but it did not justify violence. And there's no justification for violence. And we just spoke about it. I just, just went off on this on the podcast yesterday. It does not justify violence. And when anybody stoops to violence, they can take all their intellect, they can take all their class, they can take all their couth and all their talent, and they can flush it down the toilet. Because that tells me is they are not capable of being created enough, creative enough. They are not capable of being thoughtful enough. They are not capable of having the brain mass to figure out a way to handle that situation, a way to present themselves that will make the perpetrator regret it in a way that is intellectually stimulating, in a way that you can address a person verbally through some vituperative contact, some vituperative engagement but instead, when you go up there and you punch somebody or slap somebody in the face, you've gone to the lowest basic denominator. You've become the playground bully. And to think you have the right to do that, to think it was okay to walk up there. And now today, uh, Will Smith has issued an apology, of course, to Chris Rock. But that's only because the Academy here is, is thinking about what they're going to do. There, is gonna, there are going to be consequences. And people are starting to realize, you know, that was really a stomach-turning moment. A stomach-turning moment. In a theater where you're celebrating creativity, in a, you know, in, in a theater where dreams are made, you're celebrating dreams being made, you're celebrating information being shared and emotions and a way to escape and learn and feel. And this moron gets up and slaps one of the best comedians in the country across the face because he found what he said about his wife offensive. Are you kidding me? The guy knows he's going to win an Oscar. Why don't you wait for your speech? Why don't you wait for your speech and talk about something? Why don't you go down the road of the dignity of treating each other with fairness, not assuming um, assuming things about people based on their appearance? Why don't you do that? Why did you have to glow and, and smack that guy in the face? And Chris Rock, to his credit, he stood there. He took it. He took it. He absorbed it. He didn't go down. He didn't. His hands didn't move. His head went back. He... Never rubbed his face, and he kept going. And that's a professional. And he just kept going, and God bless him for that.
But Will Smith violated every code there is by breaking that. Not only did he violate the code of like law, he assaulted somebody on television, but he just violated that sacred code of the fourth wall and, 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 and a comedian up there, you know, a comedian up there taking a risk and pointing things out. And he takes it upon himself to smack that guy. Um, that ain't going to go away. You know, you can't, you can't spin that away. You can't spin what occurred away. You can take all the work that was done. And, you know, Will Smith has, has done some really good work. I liked Independence Day. Yeah, Men in Black. Got some of the other movies he's been in. I never saw Ali, but I heard he did a great job in Ali. He was nominated for an Oscar. You could take all that and just flush it down the toilet. Because that all went out the room. That all went down the toilet when that arm cocked back and went across Rock's face. And you can elevate Rock to folk hero status because he did not strike back. He did not engage. Oh, he, I'm sure he's going to engage verbally because he's smart enough. And you haven't heard from him, and he, and he has enough class not to press any charges. But whatever, whatever this great night for, for Will Smith was just tainted by his own actions, by his own impulses, by the lack of control. And what's the lesson that's being learned? Is it okay now? Is it okay now if someone, some kids in school and another kid says something that upsets him and now you're just going to smack him in the face and nothing's going to happen? You're going to make a speech later and say you're sorry? Is that where we're at? You can't take a joke, even though maybe you, maybe you crossed a boundary. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. Apatia. I think that's the disease of Apatia. Maybe you crossed a boundary. Maybe it didn't cross a boundary. There's been comedians in the past who, you know, gone after people. But if you're sitting in the front row, if you're sitting in the front row at an award show, at a show, and you got that front row seat and you're like, I don't know, 10 feet away from the stage and a comedian comes out, you're live, man. You are live bait. And it was in the beginning of the show it was like that. It's the entertainment industry and you're live bait. And, and, and boundaries are going to be stretched. All kinds of boundaries are stretched in the entertainment industry. So don't sit there on your pompous ass and pretend you're some knight in shining armor and you're pretending some helpless damsel in distress because you know what? There are really helpless damsels in distress. Distress. All this pointed out is that there are a lot of chauvinistic buffoons who feel the need to go up there and, and pretend there's some macho, retro, 1950 Yahoo dude riding in on the white horse, and I'm going to slap up this guy, and everything's going to be great. And then you go back in your seat, and you feel it's okay. You feel it's okay to take the entire place and start shouting profanities at the stage because it's all about you. It's all about me. You pissed me. How dare you? How dare you get me mad? How dare you piss me off? Do you know who I am? Yeah, yeah, I don't care about the other thousand people in this place. Screw you, pal. This is my night. It's my night. This is my moment and my night. Me, 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 me. Well, it wasn't you, 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 you. There were the poor people who just won the documentary after that happened. There were the other people who yet had to win Oscars. There was history made that night. First deaf actor ever to win an Oscar. All overshadowed by some act of violence. And don't sugarcoat it. Don't make it chivalry. Don't make it some romantic type of uh, act. It was an ignorant, selfish, self-centered act of violence. 
And I believe the only reason an apology was issued today is because his managers and his agents said, look, dude, we got to get some damage control going here. We've got to get some damage control. So while you're out partying last night at the Vanity Fair party and you got your, you know, your trophy and all that stuff and you're digging, you're dancing to Jiggy It or whatever the song is, Jiggy Wee, Jig It, Jig It, whatever that song is, um, things are spinning and people are talking. And then, you know, um, and it ain't good, pal. It ain't good. The Academy met and it ain't good. Things aren't good. You better, we better start doing some damage control. Because you didn't really do it last night. I mean, you got up there and you cried. You talked about love. And you talked about how God has put you on the planet to protect people. You know, if God put you on the planet to protect people, maybe you'd be, maybe you'd have the stones and you would have been a Navy SEAL or you would have joined the military or you'd be in the police department. Then you'd be protecting people. But as an actor, storming a stage during an award show, that's not protecting people. How are you protecting people? You're protecting your ego. You're protecting your own damn ego. And you weren't able to match wits or intellect with one of the sharpest, most talented comics on the scene. So you reduce yourself to just what a playground bully would do when a playground bully is faced with someone with some wit, intellect, and humor. Because they can't compete with them at that level, so all they know what to do is violence. So unfortunate. So unfortunate what happened. I don't know how it ends up. I don't know where it goes. I don't think a tweeted apology is going to do it. I think there's going to be more. And this ain't going away. I mean, it ain't going away. It ain't going away. You broke the fourth wall and you slapped somebody. It ain't going away. I mean, you're not going to get arrested and you get to keep your little statuette and all those kind of things. But that statuette is always going to be tied to one of the most outlandish actions that ever took place at the Oscars. It's not just, it's not Will Smith wins his first Oscar. It's Will Smith smacks Chris Rock. Oh, by the way, he got an Oscar. I love the courage of the comedians who get up there on stage night after night behind a microphone. It takes so many, it takes balls, man. It takes balls. You know, my background is in improv. And in improv, we usually, we have some other actors up there with us and we get into character. You know, we have people up there with us. We get into character and people say, oh, that's so difficult. But you get into character and the characters do the work and you have other actors up there supporting you and you know they're going to be there for you. No one's going to leave you out hanging. And, and even if it bombs, you bomb together. And if it works, you work together. You're not alone. Stand-up comedy is a whole different ballgame, baby. And in stand-up comedy, you're there by yourself. It's you, the microphone, and these people looking at you. And these people are saying, make me laugh. And it takes a ton of balls to get up there and do that. And to be up there and know that you're in this terrifying place, trying to make people laugh as they're staring at you, and you're going to push it on the edge, and you're going to take some risks, and you're going to say some stuff, but you know you're on a safe place on that stage. You can do that on that stage because it's a safe place. It's your place. It's why the stage is so magic. I always felt alive when I'm doing improv. It's where I feel most at home. I tried standing up like four times and I stunk every time because it's just a, so freaking hard. You know, it's not being the class clown and it's not being a party clown. It's improv, stand-up comedy is freaking hard and takes a lot of guts. And all you got is that safe space up there. You got the person that announces you and you get on that space and you got your microphone, but you're safe up there. You're scared shitless, but you're safe until some asshole 
breaks the fourth wall and attacks you. Then you're not safe anymore. Then the magic's gone. Well, I can tell you this, that I'm sure every comic in the country and in the world is going to rally around Chris Rock, and that space will remain safe. And that sharp-witted tongue will just be sharp as ever, and that great wit and that great talent and those keen observations and those thought-provoking humor that just makes me want to laugh till my going to throw up will continue. And maybe it'll all work out. Maybe somehow Will Smith will have some humility, and he'll realize what he did, not because some press agent or manager told him to shoot out some frickin' tweet, but because in his heart he'll realize what he did and what he showed his true self as a violent man is not acceptable today, especially in today. Well, I think that's enough on my soapbox, don't you, Jungle Jim? Because I hear you playing that song. So that's Jungle Jim. This is Tim Marr. Have a great one, because this is filling up. Take it away, Jungle Jim. Uh,